0: Yo, 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 welcome back to the podcast. My uh, my MMA news, I was about to say my MMA news there, but MMA Hins, uh joined uh, by Oscar but once again. It's been a long time, so I'm going to be a little bit rusty. Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic to be joined in once again by Oscar. And we're here to talk about some fights. We're going to have a little bit of UFC and Bellator catch up. Uh, the last show I would have been on was preview of UFC 266. And since then, we've had a lot going on, haven't we?
1: Yeah, I've been hard at work uh, with a uh, short little uh, preview and recap episodes in the last couple of weeks, and they're simply not the same as being joined by a co-host.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, thank you for the kind words. Uh, I'm always the one, you know, I'm always energetic, g- giving that giving that energy across. And uh, man, it, it, you know what it is? It's the fights. They, they, they just pump me up, and it gets me ready uh, for these shows. But uh, working, you know, five days a week, it's it, nine to six. It's you know, it's hard work, and Uh, I I always try and fit it in the schedule. And uh, this week, on Wednesday, I had some time. So here we are. Uh, Now we're going to talk about some fights. Uh, We're going to talk about um, Lad versus Dumont this week. And we're going to talk about uh, Dern versus Rodriguez. And uh, briefly, touch up on the contender series and uh, Bellator 264 MVP versus Lima, which I was there. You would have seen on the the channel. And oh my God, what a fantastic experience. I loved every single minute of it.
1: Yeah, I would love to be there one day with you. I heard it's basically a dream job. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was phenomenal. I just I
0: just remember walking around in, in, in the London at uh, Wembley, uh, just seeing all these fighters just walk past me. And if you're not a fighting fan, and these people walk past, you would have a clue. But I was walking past. I was walking past Luke Trainer. He's six foot six. Oh my god, this guy's massive. And not only is he massive, he's a he's, he's a prospect. He's a huge, huge prospect in the future. This man's got an incredible future following him. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a champion side Bellator and. Um, if he ever comes to free agency, USC has to have to staff his name out quick because he could be he could be a proper proper prospect inside the USc and, you know, bring some good numbers and good name uh, good eyes to him in, inside the USC. But he's a Bellator. Uh, right now, the light heavyweight division is stacked in Bellator. It's, it's incredible. One of the best divisions they have. And, uh, man, he's got a lot of tough tests to come in front of him. And he had tough tests against Yali Bahati, but he came out on top and, wow, it's phenomenal. But anyway, I'll get, I'll get off topic. Uh, but we, we'll talk about Firstly, we talk about Dern versus Rodriguez. So, Oscar, go ahead.
1: All right. This was a very interesting fight because we knew if Mackenzie got it on the ground for long enough that she would submit Marina, who's just a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mackenzie is the best submission artist uh, of any female division in the UFC. She's so talented down there uh, that Paul Felder could not even talk us through some of the transitions. She's just so advanced, and I was so impressed by the fact that Marina Rodriguez survived for four minutes on the ground within that second round. That second round is arguably a 10-8. Mackenzie got the takedown, and uh, she was able to get her down there for four minutes. So many transitions, and somehow Marina does not get submitted, and as long as it was on the feet, she simply outclassed Mackenzie, didn't she?
0: Yeah, it was a phenomenal fight, uh, as you mentioned there. If, if Rodriguez is on the feet, she uh Dern. But if Doug gets it to the ground, you know, as you mentioned, she, it, it's Dern's world. Uh, but we were talking about this pre-the-show. Um, pre pre We were both quite impressed of how Rodriguez handled herself on the
1: ground. Yeah, 100%. We've seen uh, in previous fights that uh, off of her back, she's not that great. But uh, I've seen some decent improvements from her. And uh, for somebody as skilled on the ground as Mackenzie, not being able to put her away was very surprising. Uh, but the thing with Marine Rodriguez that has always benefited her, every round starts on the feet. And unfortunately uh, for Mackenzie Dern, she's not a great offensive wrestler. So she could not get it to the ground. She only got to the ground once. And that was in that second round. Sure, she got a, uh, she was able to muscle it down to the ground like in the fourth round, I believe. But that was only a minute. Mackenzie Dern uh, got some decent ground time going. But on the feet, Mackenzie Dern just simply doesn't have the confidence to throw much. And she just kept on getting hit. And uh, she's always behind on the scorecards. I thought if they'd stayed on the feet long enough, I believe that Rodriguez would have put her away. But uh, I was surprised that uh, Dern was able to hang in there with her for 25 minutes. And much of it was on the feet.
0: Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, I feel like th- this is uh, – uh, uh, oh, my God, I can't even get my words out, but hold on. Th- yes, Dern lost this fight, but I do believe this is D- this is one of the most important fights that Dern had to have in her career. She lost it, but what she's going to get in the long run is experience, and uh, she's definitely going to learn from this in the future, and her uh, next fight is going to be huge for her. Uh, but the one what I'm looking for next for Rodriguez – is uh, I feel like she's earned another shot of Carla Esparza, but I believe Carla Esparza should have got the total shot. So she's in a weird, bit of a weird position at the moment.
1: Yeah, uh Dana White said that sing out really never works out for fighters. And, uh, man, I really believe that Carla Barza did more than enough by uh beating Yang Shonan, not just beating her, but dominating her and finishing her. Carla Esparza is not traditionally a finisher, and that was the big knock on her. And what she do, she destroys Yan Shao I thought that was more than enough, but the uh, UFC had different plans. I'm not really interested in that rematch right now. The first fight happened just about a year ago. I believe everybody knows that the fight to make is Marina Rodriguez against Ioana Janjacek next year because uh, that would be a striking extravaganza, and uh, I believe uh, no fan would walk away unhappy after that.
0: One hundred percent. That would be a phenomenal
1: fight. I kind of that,
0: that one slipped my mind. Uh, but hopefully, we do see uh, Janjaček back in back in the Octagon for twenty twenty two. I'm not too whether not too sure if she's put a date or a, t- a month on when she returns. But I hope she gets back in the Octagon soon. Uh, you know, former champion uh, lit up the strawweight division. Uh, unfortunately, lost the belt. But you know, now we've got that rematch between uh, Rose and Zhang. Oh my God, that's a phenomenal fight. Um, but but, yeah, we're here to talk about Joe Rodriguez. And it was a fantastic performance from Rodriguez. And a fully deserved win. And as you mentioned, Rodriguez versus Gianna check
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, please. Give me that. All right. Uh, that, that about wraps it up for the recap of that. I would love to see Mackenzie make some improvements in the offensive wrestling. And she going to be a champion one day. Who knows? But uh, moving on to another bright prospect, Randy Brown defeated Jared Gooden by unanimous decision. Jared Gooden missed weight for that, and I personally believe that's the reason he did not get knocked out by that front kick in that first round that destroyed Randy Brown's foot. Uh, that was marvelous. Uh, Randy Brown looked good the entire fight. He consistently hurt Jared Gooden, uh, and Jared Gooden just continues to amaze me with his durability from the Joe Band fight to the Abubakar and Magomedov fight. Now this, where he's clearly getting outstruck and just won't go down. Very impressive stuff by both guys. But in the end, Randy Brown uh, really looked impressive. And it looks like he's ready for top 15 guys again.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. I think this is a, a good fight for Randy Brown against Jared Gooden, who wasn't too long ago. Um, I'm not too sure. He got a knockout win uh, r- really early. And he, he looked he looked really good. Uh, but as you oh, mentioned... it was
1: uh, Nicholas Stoles it. Nicholas yeah, there Stoles we go.
0: Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, he missed weight for this fight. And as you mentioned, he paid the price for it. And uh, Randy Brown looked phenomenal. And uh, as you mentioned, I'd like to see him take on a top 15. Uh, I'm not too sure who we could match him up with. Uh, I know Donald Cerrone, he's going back down to lightweight for January 2022. You said he's come back and he's going to lightweight again. Uh, So he's out of the the equation. It's just, uh, who would would you match Randy Brown up? He's
1: he's in in a weird position. I would say Muslim Salikov. Muslim Salikov doesn't have a fight right now. And he's number 14 right now. That's a fantastic,
0: fantastic uh, matchup. I'd love to see that happen. Uh, but yeah, Randy Brown, looked phenomenal, 30-27 on all scorecards. Uh, fantastic performance. And uh, he moves on, improves, and uh, as you mentioned, looks to take on a, a top 15 next. Uh, we'll move on to the next fight. Uh, Tim Elliott versus Nicolau. Uh A phenomenal fight. Uh, but, the, I think the worst mistake in this fight was from James Krause. Uh, he's a phenomenal coach, but I think it was the end of the second round. He was so confident that Tim Elliott was 2-0 up. And it, I had it 1-0. Uh, but he was so, so confident that Tim Elliott was 2 new up. And that, that the third round, Elliott kind of took it off because he thought he was winning. And uh, obviously, the judges said otherwise.
1: Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't place the blame on James Cross. I would place the blame on Tim Elliott for his approach in the third round. He just accepted the position off of his back. And if you know the, the judges in the Nevada State Athletic Commission, they hate when you're on their back. They will never score a round for you off of your back. It simply doesn't work that way. And that was a very definitive round for Mateus Nikolov. He very clearly outstruck him that round. And... uh Tim Elliott was simply stalling, and that was very that was very um that was just a very bad move on his part. And honestly, I think Tim Elliott might have been the better fighter on this night. If you saw that first round, he was firing on all cylinders, super confident. Problem was he was feeling himself too much, and he he just left himself open. I believe if Tim Elliott had the right approach, I believe he could have won this, but uh, it just didn't work out for him. He had a tremendous first round, but after that, uh, Nikolau took over, and uh, he w- he once again proved me right that uh, that Nikolau is ready for a top five guy because I think he's he's right up there, and he lost a lot of momentum after he got knocked out by Ortiz and got cut.
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I would like to see him take on a top five guy too. Um, we've got Panjota. He's he's in a weird position as well. Uh, as, as he he should have got a title shot, uh, but wasn't ready. Uh, now Davidson Figueroa gets that one, uh, but as you mentioned, Dana White doesn't like guys who sit around and wait, so maybe that's a potential matchup they make, but it, it, a, a big step up there.
1: Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, it's a little bit of a weird situation at the top for Flyway. I think David Dvorak probably is the right fight right now. Dvorak doesn't have a fight. Yeah, 100 percent That's a great fight. Uh but
0: also what was a great fight was Mira Agapova.
1: Uh she
0: bounces back after a loss against uh, what, what what the biggest upset I think it was in, in 2020.
1: Yeah, easily. And yeah. uh yeah, I would say that outcome happens one out of ten times. Uh Shannon Jobson was just uh just tough enough to survive that early flurry and uh put her away later. Agapova she took a year off after that fight, and it appears she made all the right improvements at her new camp. They really worked on patience, and that was what won her this fight. Every She was countering Mazo's strikes so well, and it looked like she had a power edge here, too. And uh, eventually, she was able to crack Mazo and immediately submit her. I could not be more impressed with anybody else on this card than Mariah Agapova. This was my favorite uh, finish this night this was very impressive and i think her future is much brighter than i once thought it was
0: yeah 100 uh, i think she's a fantastic fire and this gives me another feeling is that, that her loss in her last fight is, is going to give her motivation to, you know to get even better and uh i feel like she's now going to be a force i thought she was going to be a force to rec- after her debut uh, she, she looked phenomenal she put on an absolute statement and then you know kind of got set back but now I think she's going to be back on track and she's going to go straight to the top of the division. Uh, maybe uh, she will fall back at the top of the division uh, against some of these guys, some of these girls. I mean, at Flyweight, and uh, I feel like she's got a big future. Uh, she's definitely going to be a challenger at the top. Uh, a fantastic performance against Sabina Mazza, who, who's a tough fighter. She, she's They're both very big uh, for Flyweight, I would say.
1: Yeah, I believe Mariah Moroz is the right matchup to make for her right now. They both trained together at American Top Team, but uh, it appears that things went sour with Agapova and American Top Team. Rose accused her of uh, of stalking people, of uh, just being uh, not a good person, and she called her a junkie. So uh, I believe that that would be a good fight right now. It's got a lot of heat behind it.
0: Wow, wow. I, I didn't know that. Thanks for, thanks for breaking that news. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. That, that's uh, what I would like to see next then, because... Uh, uh, everyone liked a little bit of heat in between a fight, and the you know, the, the break up between ATT just makes it uh, uh, so much better. Uh, but Chris Gutierrez, oh man, phenomenal!
1: Yeah, this this was a, a somewhat of a typical Chris Gutierrez performance. Very high volume, lots of light kicks, as expected. And uh, Kalars just didn't really have an answer. One of the biggest takeaways I had from this fight is Kalars has almost no head movement. Guy was always there to be hit. He's very young. I think he probably got into the UFC too young because the guy has taken a tremendous amount of damage in his last couple of fights. If you remember the the fight against uh, Jackson, if you remember the fight against, uh, I can't remember right now, but uh, Luke Sanders, yeah, took a tremendous beating. That was a comeback win. But uh, I don't know if he's UFC ready right now. He's definitely got a lot of flaws and Chris Gutierrez took advantage of them and had a really good performance.
0: Yeah, 100%. He looked phenomenal. Uh, as you mentioned, just a typical Chris Gutierrez uh, performance inside the oddscon uh, He's had, uh, what was it? Is, is he 5-0 and
1: o with two draws inside the UFC now? I believe so, yeah. He's on a really good run right now.
0: Yeah, he, he's looking really good inside the UFC. Uh, every time, who did he get a draw against?
1: Uh, it was guess. Cody Durden, who's actually a flyweight.
0: Yeah, that's it, Cody Jordan. And uh, maybe a little bit of a step up in competition for Chris Gutierrez next.
1: Yeah, I would love to see it. I believe that the right matchup for him is actually a former opponent of I think that, Don Tell, uh, that Jackson would be the right matchup next. The, the guy is huge. Um, and uh, Gutierrez always takes advantage of his leg reach. And I believe that would be a really good weapon to use against Jackson with those really long legs.
0: Yeah, a fun fact about Montel Jackson. It, it, if I'm correct, uh, he has one of the biggest hands inside the UFC. He has an, yeah. like an extra, extra large, extra, extra large glove, which is which is incredible. He's a weight.
1: Yeah, he's got heavyweight size gloves, and uh, I believe that would be a really fun fight to watch.
0: Well, you mentioned heavyweights, and uh, someone who has a heavyweight size glove was Alexander Romanov, and oh my God, Jared Vandera was on the end of an absolute beating from start to finish. Alex Romanov. He, he he made sure there was no controversy in this fight and he won it
1: yeah this was exactly the performance I thought Romanov would have he uh he's not the greatest submission expert, despite having a ton of submissions on his win a lot of them he just muscles guys uh into submission and there is bjj is uh not not too shabby and he avoided getting submitted but he had a a serious beating put on him. He, he's just really not good off of his back when you got a huge heavyweight on you. This was basically the same fight as uh, the Sergei Spivak fight for Vandera. That's why I was so confident that Romanov would get it done.
0: Yeah, Romanov puts himself, you know, sort of, after that Horn of Spino fight, there was a little bit, you know, uh, was it was it the groin kicks that eventually ended the fight?
1: Yeah, it was basically a, gl- a glancing groin kick. And uh, Romanov basically called it quits. He was looking for a way out. Let's be honest there, because Juan Espino was taking that fight over, and uh, that that was one of the least impactful growing strikes I've ever seen. That was just overestimated by Romanov. And Hey, he's 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 fifteen to no now. So if you gotta do what you gotta do,
0: yeah, hundred percent. As you mentioned, fifteen to no now. So maybe it's time to you know crack into that top fifteen. Uh, Romanov, I, I know there's a Brit. Who's in the heavyweight division? Uh, Romanov versus Tom Aspinall.
1: Maybe. Mike, come on, come. That's kind of not fair to Romanov. Let's be honest. I think uh, Aspinall probably steamrolls him like he did Spivak. I think Spivak is a better version than Romanov, and we saw what happened there. I believe the right matchup is actually the winner of the Komen event for this Saturday. I believe the winner of Arlovsky versus Felipe. I think that would be very fun because we've seen uh, once again that Arlovsky's the true gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. And uh, I think he wins. We'll preview that later on. Uh, but I think uh, that's the right test for Rome now.
0: Yeah, moving on to the next fight. Charles Rosa, uh lost against Damon Jackson. And an interesting one. Charles Rosso, uh, you saw this as well. Charles Rosa actually lost followers after this fight.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was super strange. I don't know what's up with that. And honestly, instead of losing 800 followers, he probably should have gained like 8,000 followers because he fought his heart out here. Uh, Damon Jackson, he got busted open badly by spinning back elbow in the third round. Uh, that got all over the back for blood. Uh, I believe movie or video game, whatever it is. That, that was a pretty cool uh, visual. Uh, this was a, a very grinding fight. Both guys We're just always being active in this fight and Damian Jackson did what I thought he would. He completely overwhelmed uh, Rosa in the grappling realm and say what you want about Rosa, but his grappling defense is very good. He was down on the ground with Bryce Mitchell for a long time, didn't get submitted. And he's down on the ground for with Jackson and he does not get submitted. He's very good at avoiding uh, submissions, but, uh, at the end of the day, he'll just stay on his back and he'll lose the fight that way, and that's what happened.
0: Yeah, wrestling was the, the story of this fight, and uh, David Jackson put, put it put it on full uh, put it on full open display against uh, Charles Racer. Uh, a phenomenal performance, and uh, he improves to nineteen or four, and uh, he's looking real good. And um, his family was there in attendance at the Apex, so it was always good to see him get a win inside in front of his family. He's a fantastic, a fantastic man, uh, a gentleman, and. Uh, he improves once again to get Charles Rosa, who Charles Rosa uh, said before this fight, you know, this is pretty much his last crack at the dice to go to the title.
1: Yeah, and uh, I really never saw Charles Rosa as a, as a, even a top 10 guy. Uh, but he'll always give you a tough fight for the most part, I would say. And I believe he's worthy of staying in the UFC. This is actually the first time. Uh, wait, never mind. The streak of Charles Rosa trading wins and losses continues. We'll, we'll end it with that. Moving on, Lupe Godinez submitted Silvana Gomez-Juarez in the first round. Super impressive, got a performance of the night bonus, absorbed three total strikes, hence why she's booked for this Saturday already against Luana Carolina. Very impressive. Uh, We'll touch on that later, but what did you think of her performance here? Her first submission win in professional MMA.
0: Yeah, it was a fantastic performance. She she did what I expected, what, what was going to happen, and she and she it was just flawless in my opinion. And uh, and, and now we know she's booked again against someone that has you mentioned, Lana Carolina. In, in seven days, she's going to make history. She's going to break Kam, Kamzat Camusachumaya's uh, record. Uh, she's she's going to be a UFC uh, history breaker, history maker, whatever you want to call her. But yeah, two fights in seven days—that's phenomenal, man. And hopefully, she gets to win. That'll be that'll be phenomenal, history making. And, uh, but, yes, yeah, as we talk about her fight uh, against uh, Gomez Juarez, she looked phenomenal when she got that submission armbar. And uh, that was really the, the cherry on top. I think it was a great a great fight. And her transition was even better to that armbar.
1: Yeah, what's uh, what really floored me here was I actually picked Gomez Horace to win this fight. I thought maybe she's got ever so slightly a striking edge. Uh, I, I could not trust Godina's taking the ground because I really had not seen too much of it. But, man, Gomez Juarez as as was just that bad defensively on the ground where she got submitted by a, a purple belt who's never submitted anybody in MMA. That really shocked me, in it. and it showed that uh, Jardina has more tools in the toolbox than I thought she did. So this was very impressive, and uh, she's moving up a division against Lorna Carolina this Saturday. Uh, I could not be more impressive, and she was actually part of the first uh, – the first uh, series of bonus winners that were all females in the UFC, showing that uh, that the female divisions are making waves.
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. A fantastic win for, her. and now she improves to six and one, and uh, she looks to improve to seven and one this weekend. But she's got a long, tough test in Car- Car- uh, Luana Carolina. Who, you know, is huge uh, at, at flyweight. She used to fight at yeah. weight and uh, she, she's a
1: big woman. Uh, but
0: Jazz, long limbs. Could we see two submissions in two, seven days?
1: That would be absolutely wild. And uh, talking about wild, that first fight was bananas. That first round was very difficult to score because we had two knockdowns by Antiveros, And for the remaining four minutes, we see him getting taken down and viciously uh, cut up, grounded, pounded. And he's he's on wobbly legs back to his stool. How did you score that first round? Because every judge actually scored the first round for Garcia, despite getting yeah. dropped twice. I, I think I scored it for
0: Garcia, uh, but as you mentioned, despite getting dropped twice, it's four minutes of just control time, and yeah, uh, he got them knockdowns, but th- th- there wasn't. He didn't do anything after the knockdowns. He got took it down and took it down and got controlled. So. I, I gave that first round to Steve, to Steve Garcia.
1: Yeah, I actually scored it for Ontiveros. But this is a scenario where I believe that he, they should just use the, the 10-10. Yeah, but they, yeah. they're very discouraged of doing that because that's when they say that there's no discernible difference. But, yeah, that, that should have been a 10-10 round. But the second round, that, that did not need a judge's scorecard. Garcia just rinsed and repeat what he did in the first round, and he annihilated Ontiveros. Ontiveros has a huge hole in his game on the ground, and that was very evident here uh, on the feet. He's so lethal, man, but uh, yeah, I like him at this new division because at the previous divisions, those guys would have mauled him. Could you imagine a guy like Hamza Chimaev or Albert Duraev on top of this guy? We got uh, Garcia, who once fought at Bannerweight, mauling this guy, so Good move on Ontiveros' part, but uh, very impressive by uh, Garcia here. I really like what he did here, Um, and this was only his second fight in the UFC, so he's shown improvements.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ontiveros has such a weird record. If you look at his record, he once got a win via, I think it might have been heart attack.
1: Yeah, uh, the sudden, I believe his opponent's heart stopped. How, How do they even check that? I've even check that. I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, really weird stuff. He's been finished in all of his eight losses, uh, including losses to Kevin Holland and Michael Venom Page. My goodness, he's fought some killers. Uh, he's always going to be exciting to watch, uh, win or lose.
0: Yeah, he, he always. He, so at some, at some, I've watched some of his fights, and uh, what he does like is is a little bit of heart and determination. But we, we, I've seen him quit. On multiple times in in his previous fights, so while looking at uh, his tape, but if he sorts that out, he's huge for lightweight. He was huge. For, uh, he fought Kevin Holland uh, in his last fight, and he was big then. Uh, gave Kevin Holland a little bit of trouble on the feet, but as soon as he gets to some sort of wrestling exchanges, it's just just completely different, and uh, uh, he doesn't like that whatsoever. So, he, as you mentioned, he probably needs to follow um, uh, Kevin Holland and maybe. But AKA sort so out and uh, and do a little bit over
1: there. Yeah, I would, I would love to see. That. I don't think he's on. He's uh, in a notable camp, and I uh, I think he needs some better looks because it it doesn't look like he's getting them. Uh, moving on to this Saturday's card. I think this card is uh being disrespected by a lot of people. It's really not that bad. I think on paper it's actually better than the I Calveal card from last year. Uh, this main event, of course, uh. It's between two people that could definitely get a featherweight title shot with a win here, could they not?
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. This is a, a main event that I, I didn't expect. Uh, does you know either woman deserve this main event? And I'm not. I'm not too sure. And you mean know is what one in one inside the UFC. Uh, two uh, and uh, one. Two and two, one. Two, two, yeah, two and one. Then inside the UFC, her loss. What came again? Megan came against uh, Megan, Megan Anderson.
1: Anderson knockout yeah. in the first round.
0: Yeah, is, is it going to be the same story here? But, lads, you know, she she fought or, or tried to fight. Uh, was it on the card that we just previewed?
1: Yeah, Macy Shassan. Macy Shassan yeah. was the fight. She missed weight. And, and it
0: uh, was horrible. Horrible yeah. scene.
1: Yeah, uh, that fight did not come together well at all. And uh, I've been saying for two years now that Aspen Ladd has to move up to this division. Uh, She's always been a huge uh, weight, And at this division, she's actually at only uh, one inch and one uh, in height and in reach against Norma Dumont, who's a well-sized featherweight. So I think uh, this is the weight class where she belongs. And honestly, the weight class where the path to a title shot is so much easier. You basically just have to get one win and you have a title shot. That's what Megan Anderson did. Exactly, and
0: uh, if she beats Norma Dumont, that's it. She she, she basically got a title shot against Amanda Nunes.
1: Yeah, not the greatest reward in the world, but hey, Lauren Murphy had to talk herself into fighting Valentina Shevchenko, so you got to do what you got to do. I think Norma Dumont will put on a show here against Aspen Lad. Aspen Lad has never fought at this division. Uh, We have no idea how both these women will perform in the championship rounds. Uh, that's why it's really hard to pick. Uh, Aspen Lad, of course, has a big edge on the ground. But, Mike, uh, her, her striking defense on the feet is just so poor. She walks into every shot. And I think Norma Dumont is good enough of a striker to, to over time get enough damage going where she can uh, win on the scorecards.
0: Yeah, not only that, it wasn't long ago until Aspen Lad was trying to cut down to 135 pounds. And uh, how has she recovered since that fight, uh, since that wake-up? I mean, because if you look on the scales, I think it's twice now that she's been shaking on, on them scales. He's just not a very good look. And as you mentioned, this is a smart move to go up. to 145 pounds. But do I think it's a little bit early since the last wake-up? I, I, I do. Uh, look what happened to Tony Ferguson. He, he cut weight, but that was unnecessary. That's Tony Ferguson. Tony, yeah. Tony Ferguson things. And then he fought. Uh, what? Uh, uh, two weeks later, and he, yeah, three and, weeks later, got, something like that. Yeah, and he took on a beating. So I, I believe this is, we're gonna see the sort of same situation here, and uh, I think there's too much of a quick turnaround. Uh, and I think the UFC just threw Aspen Lad in there, and uh, I, I think she's gonna, I think she's gonna lose.
1: Yeah. Also, the thing with Aspen here, uh, as I said, she's never fought at this weight class. So I bet she was able to muscle all these girls down and uh, and really dominate. That's why she only has one loss, uh, being a 16-second KO against Jermaine. But uh, in the case of Norma Dumont here, Norma Dumont is very physically strong. And I think that benefits her. I don't think the takedowns will be easier. And I think Norma uh, points her on the feet.
0: 100%. Uh, well, that that was the main event. And the co-main event is uh, Andre Oloski versus Felipe. Uh, a very good fight. Uh, Andre Oloski, as you mentioned earlier on, uh, on the broadcast, that he's the, the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division, and uh, Felipe tries to pass that test on Saturday night. Does
1: he pass the test? I don't think he does. I think Felipe has uh, basically underperformed in all of his UFC showings. Felipe got a ton of finishes on the regional scene, but that was against very bad competition. If you look at his UFC fights, the guy does not have a lot of pop on his punches, and that's bad news if you're a heavyweight and you're fighting a guy like Andre Arlovsky who – for most of the time he's only losing by ko these days so if felipe can't land uh those big shots that'll rock arlovsky i think arlovsky will have slightly higher output in this fight uh felipe i was so confident he would destroy jay collier i was beyond confident that he would do it because jay collier is naturally a middleweight who just got out uh, way out of shape and came back to fight and i was thinking felipe is a real heavy i think he He really does good work in that fight and puts him away. That didn't happen. In my opinion, I thought Jake Collier won that fight. It was a split decision, I believe. Uh, Collier had more volume. I thought he won that fight. and I think very lowly of Collier as as a heavyweight, but Arlovsky, I think pretty highly of him. Somehow, someway, at 43, I believe it is now, he's beating these heavyweight prospects fairly consistently. He's not finishing them anymore. He doesn't care about finishing. He'll land uh, the right punches. That'll get him the win on the judges' scorecards. Uh, Arlovsky just fights smart. Felipe does not. He begs guys to go in the pocket with him. And when they don't go in there, they can just pick him apart from distance. So I think that's what Arlovski does here. And uh, I think light kicks will be a big weapon for Arlovski here. And uh, I think F- Felipe, I don't, I don't think he's much of a UFC-level guy, to be honest, because you could argue that he lost every fight in the UFC. The Tafa fight, controversial loss. Uh, win the Collier fight, controversial win. And then in the Spivak fight, Spivak is not really a good striker. And what does he do? He beats him on the feet. I don't. I don't think this is a good matchup for Felipe, even though he's way younger. I think this is a really good showcase fight for Arlovski once again to show that he can still beat these young guys.
0: Yeah, and he he did that in his last fight against Chase Sherman. Uh, put on an absolute phenomenal performance. As you mentioned, at forty four or forty three, and he's still doing it. It is incredible. He, he's just he's defying all, all physics of uh, aging. Uh, Andre Łowski, man. He's, he, when was his first fight in the UFC? I'd love to. I would love it. Was it, five? it like two thousand one or
1: 2000, wow. 2000, Yeah. Wow. That might. What was that like? UFC thirteen, UFC ten. Yeah, I wasn't even born. That's uh, wow. all you need to know. The, the guy's been around forever. Uh, he's got so much more experience than uh, Felipe. He's had 20 losses. Those are 20 lessons, and uh, those are lessons that Felipe has yet to learn. Felipe got brawler tattooed on his face recently. I don't know if you saw that. So that lets you know what his game plan is in uh, most of his fights. And I don't think that works out too well with Arlovsky, especially when there's not a ton of pop on Felipe's punches.
0: Yeah, I feel like Olosky, even though he's forty-three, I think he's going to be a little bit too quick uh, for Felipe. And if you try to make it a brawl, uh, I think Olosky chips away at him and uh, eventually gets that uh, that third round. I'm, I'm going to get. I'm, I'm pretty sure to finish here. I think Oloski's going to uh, wear on him uh, a, a little bit too much in this fight, and I think he's going to uh, tar him out. And uh, I think he's going to get that the late
1: r- third round stoppage. That would be one hell of a, a way for Arlovski to get a win here. He hasn't been able to put anybody away since 2016, so that would be definitely uh, a big moment for Arlovski. That would kind of remind me of the Matt Brown finish over uh, Lima earlier yeah. this year. I'm just, I'm just saying now.
0: ESPN uh, have Andriyovski as the USA flag. Can you see that?
1: Yeah, he's from Belarus. Uh, kind of weird. He trains at Coconut Creek, Florida, but he's he's a Belarus fighter.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, m- moving on. Before we move on, uh, we both have Andriy Olovsky in this fight, and uh, as I you see. mentioned, it, this is this is a good showcase fight for him, and uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, I feel like this is going to be one of the performances that we'll talk about uh, next week, and we'll be highly impressed of. Uh, but Felipe's got to prove us wrong, and uh, he's got he's got a big showcase to do it, and uh, in a co-main event. And uh, we talked about one veteran, but now we're going to talk about another, Jim Miller. How long has he been fighting for? Jesus Christ! You know how is he still going as well? Um, it'd be interesting to see when his first fight was in the UFC. Um, it, I don't think it was. Uh, it was after Andriyushky. onjolovsky has been around for in donkeys, uh, but I want to say his first fight might have been at UFC fifty-five.
1: UFC fifty-five. Let me see if you're right. It was at UFC eighty-nine Bisping ah. versus Lieben. Wow. Uh, yeah. Here's he, a guess. I, what was that? What what year would that have been? That would have been 2008. Wow. 13 he's... years in the UFC for Jim Miller and he's fighting a guy in Gonzalez who's actually booked uh later this year for a fight and they were saying that the winner would probably be uh called up to the UFC or maybe get a contender spot. That lets you know the level that Gonzalez is at. He's, I don't know if he's UFC level yet. The contender series fight would have been where we learned if he was UFC level. And uh, Jim Miller is the definition of UFC level. The guy has been tied with Donald Cerrone for most fights in the UFC. He's got so many wins. And most of them recently have been by submission. And how has Gonzalez been finished multiple times? By submission. Uh, Jim Miller, ever since he got Lyme disease, uh, ever since uh, midway through the second round, he very much slows down. Even if he slows down, I don't know if Eric Gonzalez is good enough to put away Jim Miller. I think Jim Miller could win a decision, but I'm fairly confident that he gets this on the ground and uh, finds a submission very early in this fight. I think this is a really good matchup for Jim Miller. Uh, Of course, if uh, Eric Gonzalez was on cardio machine, really high volume later on, he would have this in the back, but I don't think this is the this is the case here. I think Jim Miller has much better Brazilian jiu jitsu, and I think he gets a Ray naked choke or something like that very early. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm
0: also going for a round one submission uh, with Jim Miller. It's uh, he, he, just different. He, he, when he's on the ground, he, he's different. He's different level, uh, and I think Gonzalez is going to be on for a quick night. Uh because Jim Miller will get it to the ground early and get that submission when I and I'm I'm also gonna I'm gonna go with Rare Naked Choke. One of the, one of the I believe one of his favorite submissions, uh a lot on his record. And uh so I think Jim Miller gets his one, uh done. As I say, uh is it done in one? There we go.
1: Yeah, uh I think this will be a rude awakening for Gonzalez. I, I don't know if he's UC level yet, and I think uh Jim Miller will teach him a lesson, just like he did guys like Roosevelt Roberts. Alex White, this is going to be really a really good uh, win for Jim Miller after a recent loss. Moving on to a highly anticipated bout between two flyweight prospects, Mama and Frido fighting Myra Bueno Silva. I cannot wait for this one uh, because I truly think this one ends uh, in, uh, in spectacular fashion. I believe both are alive for a finish here. Uh, and Manon Ferrell is a big favorite here, but I don't think that's justified. If you want to take a look at Manon Ferrell's UFC run, uh, sure she's getting really cool finishes, but who's she getting these finishes against? Victoria Leonardo. I don't know if she's UFC level. She got she she even got rocked on her Contender Series fight. That was a comeback win. She's not the most durable fighter, and uh, she's not the best grappler either. That's why Manon Ferrell was able to do solid work there, and in her second fight, she was booked against Mariah Morose, and uh, that would have been a challenging fight for Pharrell, but Morose has to step out of the fight, and who steps in? A strawweight, moving up a weight class, and Tabatha Ricci, which, who really has underdeveloped striking. She's She works with Mackenzie Dern. She kind of has, has a similar skill set as Mackenzie, not very good on the feet, not a great wrestler, and undersized in that fight and of course Foreau butches her. She destroys her, gets a second round KO. And uh Bueno Silva on the other hand, she's fought the who's who right now. She's actually on a really good run. Her draw against Metal del Russell was very impressive. That fight was was very good. Um I believe it was a fight of the night. I think Buenos Ava is much more tested. Most of her wins are by submission but she's got no takedowns in the UC. So this fight is very hard to pick. If Bueno Silva uses her fight IQ in any way, I think she gets to the ground and she finds a submission. Against Varro, who has a karate base. So she's definitely going to be behind on the ground. Don't you think? Uh, I agree
0: with the past. You said uh, this is a big, massive step up for Florey. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the competition that she's been fighting is not, it's not the best. Uh, it was uh, wins that we expected that, that, that she would get. Uh, but in this fight, I feel like she's going to be tested a lot more. Uh Maybe she'll come through a little bit of struggles in the fight, maybe end up on on, on the end of a, a little bit of a, a, a one-sided round or, you know, get tested a little bit in this fight. That's what I'm ultimately looking for. It's for her to get tested and uh, see how she overcomes that. And I think this is the fight for her to get tested. And I feel like she's still going to overcome that. And uh, I feel like she's going to get either a round two or a round three finish. Uh, I'm very high on Flory, and I think she gets it done.
1: I think Buenos Aires is very durable. Uh, she's she's kind of a zombie in there she'll take whatever uh whatever you give her and she'll just march forward and she loves to be in the clinch and cut you up with elbows and, and her knees i think uh, this will be a uh, very ugly fight for ferro uh and it will just it, i think this probably will overwhelm ferro uh i just i don't know enough about her on the ground to to be able to pick her especially as a 2 to 1 favorite i think marcelino silva surprises some people but uh moving on to the opener on the main card i don't think it will come to you as a surprise that my pick here with enormous confidence is julian marcus by first round knockout
0: yeah but last time we picked against jordan Wright, he surprised us the
1: the problem there was uh we we both addressed the fact that that was a very low level mma fight that both guys were barely in the UFC and that the winner might get cut. And that also uh, J- Jamie Pickett, man, he went for a takedown and left himself open for those elbows. Uh, that's kind of a rookie mistake at um, at the UFC level. So uh, that was not the biggest shock to me, but uh, man, I, I, I really think Julian Marquez has everything it takes to beat right. If you want to beat right, What you need is a good chin and uh, straight-up power, and that's what Marquez has. Marquez is not super technical. His ground game isn't too great, but Jordan Wright, he's always there to be hit. That durability is not great. He's been knocked out by Anthony Hernandez, who's a submission artist, let's face it, and against Joaquin Buckley, yeah, he's just another guy. Joaquin Buckley's... uh, Highlight reel, and I think he'll be on Marquez's highlight reel. Marquez has actually been winning by submission recently. I, I don't think Jordan Wright goes for a takedown at all in this fight. I think he gets knocked out in epic fashion. And we're going to see another one of those entertaining post fight interviews for Marquez where he calls out who knows who.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's not Miley Cyrus
1: this time, but yeah,
0: yeah as you mentioned, uh, he's been a submissioner, uh, uh, a finisher in these recent fights. As we saw against uh, Sam Alvey, you know, that gnarly, um,
1: Renaud choke, standing like, Renaud choke, yeah. It
0: was like a, a sort of a, a of a bulldog. So it was, it had yeah, a, a sort of thing like that, uh, and it produced a wonderful picture of uh, what well, I wouldn't say it's wonderful, but a, a, a fantastic photo of uh, just you know th- that submission. And uh Sam we recently got booked against Ian Heinisch.
1: My goodness, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just saying now, fellas, bet your house on Ian Heinisch. Uh, Sam Alvey it has not been good at winning fights as of late. Um say, say what you will about uh Marquez but uh he does get hit but he can take all those shots. Sam Alvey actually rocked him at the end of the first round. I actually picked Sam Alvey to win that fight. Uh kind of a foolish pick in hindsight but uh I think uh Wright definitely has the potential to hurt Marquez here but I don't I don't think he can eat those Marquez punches. They, call him, they don't call him the Cuba Missile Crisis for nothing, man. This guy hits very hard. And uh, Alvi's fairly durable and, uh, I think, much more durable than right. I don't think right can eat any of those punches. And uh, as we've addressed before, the competition that Wright fought early in his career was abysmal. Some of the worst games you've ever seen in MMA. So uh, I, I, we haven't seen too much of Wright against high-level guys. And uh, two of those fights, he got knocked out. I think Marquez... Gets it done here, uh, and makes it look pretty easy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, but I, I just wanted to point out the fact last time we, we were so confident on Jamie Pickett looking out right, and uh, he, he, he kind of upset us there. But I, no doubt, surely, Julian Wright Marcus gets this one done. Uh, and it, it's gonna be knockout, you know, as you mentioned, he's got heavy hands and uh, as, and he's got kicks as well. We've seen that on the tennis series, been yeah. Um, uh, a, a big kick versus someone who's also Still came hard. out on the team. There hard. we go. Bill, Bill Hawes. And uh that was just fight that ultimately gotten signed to the UFC and uh, Dana White's reaction to that was phenomenal. And uh, but yeah, I think there's gonna be another Dana White big reaction in this one. I think it's gonna come the way of Junior Marcos, and he's gonna get it done in uh, round two. Big knockout and uh it's, it's going to be a one that we're going to be talking about yet again next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to Junior Marquez. Uh, as you mentioned, he's always good on the mic after he fights. And uh, it'd be interested to see what he says this weekend.
1: Yeah, who, know, who knows who will call up. Moving on to the main event of the prelims, Andrew Sanchez is fighting Bruno Silva. Not the flyweight Bruno Silva. But Bruno Silva that fights at midweight who has legitimate one-punch KO power. He fought Wellington Turman just a couple months ago. And he's one of the few guys that, if you let him get uh, on top of you, he can pound you out with just a couple of shots. Bruno Silva has ridiculous power. Uh, he he was coming off a USADA suspension. A lot of people had doubts about him. They were think, that, does he have the same power with without being uh, on steroids or whatever he was on? Uh, and he answered that he still got that crazy power. But uh, Andrew Sanchez, he's fairly consistent in his fights. He will usually look to outbox uh, you on the feet and on the ground. He he usually has his way with you unless you're a really great grappler. Um, and Bruno is not a great grappler. Uh, off of his back, he's not good at all. And I think uh, if Sanchez uses his fight IQ here and gets his ground consistently, I think this will be a pretty easy fight for him. I just hope he doesn't stand with Bruno too long because he definitely could get uh, cracked here. He's been finished multiple times, but it's actually been in the third round. Because he slows down, his defense isn't as good, and that's when he gets cracked here. So there could be a third round scare for Sanchez here. But besides that, I think this is a really good fight for Sanchez. I'm very surprised to see him as an underdog. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: It was Andrew uh, Sanchez. He fought. Was it Muradov in in his last? Yeah,
1: Mattman Muradov. Yes.
0: Uh, Who is a phenomenal, uh, absolutely phenomenal fighter, a phenomenal prospect. Uh, and, and, And I was very high on Andrew Sanchez. Uh, I can't remember. It was it a few a few fights ago. He had this this big
1: knockout and Wellington Termin, the guy that Bruno Silva knocked out, yeah,
0: yeah. So obviously, Wellington Termin doesn't have the best of chins, uh, but it was it was huge. He put his lights out. uh, It was a phenomenal knockout. And uh, I think Andrew Sanchez, you know, I think he gets this one done. And I feel like, as you mentioned, round three we might see a scare, but uh, I think Sanchez is going to withhold that pressure and uh, uh, eventually get that decision win.
1: Yeah, Sanchez just needs to use his uh, his main weapon here, his wrestling here, and just uh, expose Bruno Silva on the ground because uh, that has yet to happen to the UFC. And I think Sanchez definitely has got to do it as an underdog. So uh, that's not a bad bet at all, Sanchez by decision or something like that. Bet it. Moving on, Danny Roberts is back after a while. He's been a while. He's fighting Ramazan Amiv. I think this is uh, this is kind of a typical Ramazan Amiv fight. Ramazan Ameev. he's always a big favorite, but those fights are always close, man. They're sometimes they're split decisions as we saw in his, uh, in his recent fight. Uh, What do you expect from Danny Roberts here after a long layoff?
0: Yeah. As you mentioned, a a, a long layoff and uh, it's going straight back into the deep end against Ameev. And in my opinion, this is a big fight and a tough fight uh, for Danny Roberts. And uh, to be honest, I, I I'm going with Ameed in this fight. I think Ameev is, is is the better fighter. Uh dare I say in all aspects of MMA. Uh,
1: I, I would I would agree. The only fight he lost recently was against uh and Anthony Rocco Martin. Rocco Martin is, is a pretty darn good wrestler. He was able to stuff every takedown that Ameev had. So on the feet, uh Ameev got uh outpointed. And uh Daniel Roberts is he's not a fan about pointing guys. The guy will go for the KO when it's there, uh, and sometimes that comes to his detriment because he blows his gas tank and uh, guys can take him to the ground easily. Uh, Danny Roberts has also had some some pretty uh, shocking, uh, shockingly bad fight IQ at times. Sometimes he'll just engage with grappling just for the sake of it, and it puts him in a bad spot. I think this is uh this is going to be a, a really good fight for me here to to get you know just another win on his win streak. After some people had some th- uh, doubts about him after the Rocko fight,
0: and yeah, as you mentioned, his last fight against uh, Zal- Zalim Emadaya, uh, who's recently been uh, not not too long ago was cut from the UFC, but yeah. he made him spin in that fight uh, with an with an knockout. But you know, he lost against um, Michelle Pierre. That I mean, that was Michelle Pierre's uh, maybe if it, maybe his debut or maybe his second fight inside the UFC. I'm not, yeah. not too sure. But yeah, yeah he's, he's lost against uh, Mike Perry. Uh, Nordin Taleb, uh, Michelle Piera, and uh, he's always been he's been knocked out in three of them fights, and he's also been submitted. Uh, so it, he's been... It, it, has he been finishing every single one of his fights? Uh, I can't see it at, at the bottom one, but he's been in four of them, uh, to what I can see, uh, So a little bit of worry signs, and uh, I think ameev can take the fight wherever he wants.
1: Yeah, I believe Amiv will have a really good performance in this fight. Danny Roberts, uh, he just has to learn these lessons, man. I don't know how long he can t- continue to uh, to make the same mistakes. I hope we see some improvements from him in this fight. But uh, other than that, I think Ameev gets a fairly dominant, unanimous decision.
0: Yeah, and we, we'll move on to, to, to the next fight. We had Lupi uh, G- Godinez, as uh, uh, we, we talked about in, in the last uh, the, the recap, here she is, she's fighting again and now we're here to preview her next fight we talked about it a little briefly against Luana Carolina and uh, we, we in the, her last fight she got the submission winners we see the armbar against um, Juarez uh, but in this one she takes on a Carolina a very long Carolina uh, and I think she's in for a, 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 a different sort of fight in this one uh, I, don't, I don't think she'll be able to get a submission in this one, as I mentioned she does have really long limbs uh, but will she be able to get to the legs of Luana Carolina I, I'm not too sure
1: I believe that uh, this is not the best matchup for Lupi Godinez on a week's notice. Lorna Carolina, she's not the best grappler. We just saw Lupi Godinez show good grappling, but that was a, a, a legitimate straw weight. And uh, this is a legitimate flyweight. So I think the size difference here will, will be too much for Godinez, who's not super experienced. She's actually a big favorite. I don't think she should be with the size difference here. Do you agree? Uh
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um uh, But where we've seen we've seen Laura Kirlina, she has struggled on the ground in, in recent fights. We saw that, you know, that gnarly knee bar against um, uh, Arlene Lipsky. I think that might have been submission of the year inside the UFC. I'm, I'm not too sure, but I think that was definitely my submission of the year because it just it was absolutely disgusting to look at. But uh yeah. Yeah, that's where Loopy has you know the the advantage, but can Loopy get to her legs? As I mentioned, Lara Carolina is huge. She's, she's big.
1: Yeah, uh, sure contender series fight was at bandwidth. I, I don't think uh Gadeniz would win many bandwidth fights. So that's that's mainly my reasoning here. If uh, Luana Carolina was Gadinas' size, I would pick Gadinas easily. But that's not the case here. Uh I don't know how well Godinez can get those takedowns like uh, Lipsky did and like Botejo did. Uh, Carolina was originally set to fight Jar Eubanks, and that fight would have been very difficult for Carolina, but Godinez is uh, definitely not as difficult, and I think uh, Luana Carolina is just, just too big. It's just that simple. Uh, size matters, and especially when uh, I think her best path to victory would be to get a takedown. I don't know if she would get those takedowns in uh, on the feet. Luana Carolina has a huge reach advantage, probably too big for Godinus to overcome. Who's just has seven professional fights, and she started uh, as a pro in 2018. So, yeah, I, I don't think uh, Godinus is a good bet at all. She's a three to one favorite. I don't know. How you can see that when uh, there's such a big size difference.
0: Yeah, 100. And uh, I, I'm going with. Uh, I'm going for the upset in this one. I think uh, Carolina gets this one done. And uh, as you, uh, as you said uh, previously, I think this is a, a bad matchmaking from the UFC to throw her straight back in straight away against a, a girl like Luana Carolina. Uh, but I'm hoping Lupin proves me wrong. The only way she wins this, is if she gets the fight to the floor, like, uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's kind of a gamble with the UFC They they did it with Hamza before they brought in an undefeated, uh, fighter from Ireland and, uh, it, it did not work out for him. Um, but, uh, Gadinez, on the other hand, uh, she she actually was making a uh, making a point to say that her last fight was the first fight where she had a full camp to prepare for her opponent, and uh, she was uh, preparing for a different opponent than Luana Carolina. Luana Carolina has a uh, has a different style, and uh, also one thing uh, to point here, I think Luana Carolina could also just out muscle and maybe get some control time against the fence. That that's definitely an option against a much smaller opponent, also a much shorter opponent too. So the knees could always be open for uh, Carolina there. So uh, yeah, very confusing to see Godinez as this big of a favorite when she's undersized.
0: One hundred percent. And uh, so are you are you going with who you going with in this fight?
1: I think Lauren Carolina gets a gets a unanimous decision.
0: I agree. With you. I'm also on that same train. Uh, we talked about it. I think they're throwing Godinez in there with a harder fight, a big matchup. Uh, maybe we maybe they should have kept her out and just got her a fight uh, at, at strawweight and uh, may, may, may keep that momentum going. Uh, but a fight at featherweight featherweight that I'm really looking forward to: Nate Landwehr versus uh, Ludovic Klein. Uh, I was really big on Ludovic Klein, uh, and, and after his uh, debut against Shane Young, he put on a, a you know a, a show stopping performance, uh, announced himself into the USC like it was nobody's business, and in his last fight against Mike Triziano. Um he look, he looked human and uh but against an opponent like Nate Lamwit do I see him getting back on track? Yes, and uh I think Nate Nate has been knocked out quite a few times in the past. He got knocked out versus against um it was um Julian, and Rosa. Was Julian Rosa and
1: Herbert Burns both yeah. knocked them out in the first and, and, and,
0: and I believe Klein Ludwig Klein have has heavier hands than them two. So I'm going with Ludovic Klein. I'm going to go with KO in this one. I I, I feel like his his striking will be too crisp. And uh, I think Nate Landwehr is going to get get lit up quite early.
1: Yeah, Ludovic Klein has the proper style to beat Nate Landwehr. He has super heavy hands and even heavier kicks. A lot of his knockouts are actually by head kick. Nate Landwehr, he's been knocked out by two knees in the UFC. Uh, Flying knee from uh, Herbert Burns. And a flying knee from... Yeah, two fly knees. He's kind of knocked out by. Uh, Nate Landwehr has always relied on his durability to succeed. Even in M1, he was getting rocked by these guys. But he he was able to take the shots. But uh, when you have that fighting style long enough, eventually your chin will go. And it kind of appears that the chin is not what it used to be for Nate Landwehr. And that's very bad news when you're fighting a guy, Ludwig Klein, with uh, very lethal striking. I think... Ludovic Klein gets a highlight reel head kick K on the first round. Uh, Nate Landwehr, he really doesn't know how to point fight. He really just knows how to move forward and charge, and that that gets him knocked out, and I think Ludovic Klein finds the opening and gets a really good first-round finish.
0: Yeah, a very fun fight uh, at February. I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but, but another fight that really interests me, at, but this one's at Bantamweight, uh, it, it's you might recognize him. It's Brandon Davis. He was in the UFC. Gave was it Carl Bocnak a really good fight? Yes. Um, and, and Zabit. he got banana yeah. split by
1: Zabi, didn't he? Yes, he did. That uh, Brandon Davis had had a, a really uh, really good run in the UFC. He lost a couple fights, uh, and they, they kind of were done with him. And I always personally thought that Brandon Davis would find his way back into the UFC. He's been in tough spots before, and he's found his way out of them. Mag- when he fought Zabit Magomed Sharipov, Zabit was a 1,300 favorite. He was a huge favorite. Uh, it was in uh, the Barclays Center, I believe. It was, it was a really big card. And Brandon Davis had somewhat competitive striking with Zabit Magomed Sharipov, who is was, who was a foregone conclusion in many, many people's eyes to beat him. So Brandon Davis, uh, he's he's been in this underdog spot before, and I think he wins this one as well. Donna Baccarel is a really good striker, um, but man, he he does not have the best striking defense. Does not have the best head movement. When he fought uh, Alatang hey Lee, who uh, who prefers to wrestle, I would say, uh, fairly well rounded, but prefers to wrestle. He actually lost that fight on volume, and uh and. He was actually got a hurt in that fight. I think Brandon Davis is the bigger guy in this fight. He's fought a lot at featherweight, hence the this beat fight, but he's not bad at uh, bantamweight either. He actually has a win over rising prospect Randy Costa in the second round with a rare naked choke. That could be uh, Bacquerel's fate here. I don't think Bacarell's, uh really good on the ground at all, honestly. Off his back, really not that good. I think Davis takes advantage of that. He mixes in the takedowns. Just like he get, just like he did against Giga Chikaze, he actually got a split decision loss to Giga Chikaze. So I think this is a good fight for Davis to come back to the UFC against in. Uh, and I think he gets a win after such a long time from the UFC.
0: Now, as you mentioned, you, you, just an absolutely incredible list of names. He had a, he had a good run inside the UFC, and he got really unlucky uh, with with the names that they gave him, Giga Chikaze. Uh, Kwan Ho Kang, who's a phenomenal fighter too. We di- we did mention him. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Randy Costa got a submission win in um in round two with, with one of the best best first rounds I've ever witnessed. Uh, that that was an incredible fight. That was uh, the beach. Uh, uh, Magomed Sharapov, uh, and then we had Karl Bockniak. Oh my god, he, he's really been through it all inside the UFC. It uh, very very tested. Uh, got cut, and then won four four fights on the regional scene, and now he's back. Well, I, I believe this is a short-notice fight as well, which, yeah. which he needed. And uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to see him back. I was always a fan of him uh, when he was inside the UFC. And uh, I, I, it's always fun to, to see him fight. He always, he always brings the, uh, the the show to the fans. He's always entertaining. And uh, I always, I feel like this is going to be another entertaining fight uh, against... Uh, h- how do you pronounce it? D-
1: Dana Bakerell. Bagu- Baccar- yeah, Dana Bakerell. Baccar-
0: yeah, I yeah. As mentioned, this is a good fight for him to come back to. Uh, Trading out at Jackson Wink MMA. is a little bit controversial with Jackson Wink MMA today, so whether you want to mention that or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's just go right into it. So John Jones is no longer welcome at Jackson Wink MMA uh, because Wiggle John said uh, we have to draw a line somewhere after the recent domestic violence issues. We, j- we just can't approve of that, and uh, he's no longer welcome at the gym. Sure, uh, other guys can train with him. Jackson can definitely go over there and train with him, but inside the gym, he's no longer welcome. And this is exactly what needed to happen to John Jones. People in his life, no longer just accepting him, just hoping he'll improve. They just need to say, no, you need to fix some things. And, uh, and I won't be involved with you until that happens. And, uh, that was a really good move. I don't know where he'll, where he'll train at. Cause it definitely looks like he still has an appetite to train. Uh, I don't, I don't know what take him, but, uh, yeah, very, very good move by the camp over there at Jackson Wink.
0: I agree and uh but, but Jackson Wink um you know they, they, they're a phenomenal team uh has some of the, you know some of the best fighters in past and present and uh, a very very good move as you mentioned. But moving back to the Dana Bagriel fight, uh, he he beat Kevin Natsudad in his last fight. Um Kevin is a phenomenal guy, a, 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 a very fun to talk to. Um, but his uh, his chin got cracked uh, against some, it was the fight before that, and then
1: it was against Miles Johns, and uh, yeah, as you said, Donna Baccarat, he's coming off of two KO wins, one over um, Kennedy. yeah, Guido Canetti, yeah, and the other against Intividad, both guys who have very who don't have great chins, and he's fighting Guy and Davis. Who has never been knocked out? The guy's super durable if you just watch that Randy Costa fight. So I don't think uh I don't think Bagriel can get the the KO win like he's gotten recently. I think he's gonna lose momentum here when he fights a guy in Davis that can mix it up with the takedowns. And I'm them. gonna
0: go I think Dana Bagriel starts strong. Uh Davis gets knocked down in that first round. And as you mentioned, that, that toughness when Davis comes out uh, into play. And I think he takes over in the second or third round in the and that third round, I think he comes close to finishing Dana in this fight, and uh, I don't think he just get. I don't, I don't think he gets it over the line, but it, it gets really close.
1: Yeah, we, we also were talking about uh, Jackson Wink. Uh, let's be honest: uh, the best names they had at that gym have either retired or left. So the bodies there—they're not as well as they once were. Sure, they still got some stars: Michelle Watterson, Holly Holm, Kalishma Shields. But uh, when we're talking about uh. The males left there, man. They're really not as notable. We're, we're talking about Juan Adams, uh, and man, I, I really can't. I really can't think of the others right now because they're not as notable as you know, the um, guys at ATT or Stanford.
0: Maurice Jackson.
1: Yeah, we're we're talking about lower level guys. I don't know if uh, Batgirl is getting the same looks as he would have say if he was at the gym in 2011. So that's something to note there. Uh, it's it's got a really good name behind it because of uh previous legends that have built up the name but i don't think it is what it once was uh and brandon davis i think he he has the tools to beat dana baccarat here uh by unanimous decision that would be my pick for this fight
0: I, I agree i agree uh i'm also on the train with that one uh but the first fight of, of the evening uh we go back to a, a women's fight uh in in the flyweight division
1: uh, I, I believe this is – yeah, this is – Oh, no, sure, probably, wait, sure, it, sure, it, yeah.
0: Uh, Estelina Nunes versus uh, Ariana Cari Lossi.
1: Yes. Yeah, Carnelosi Lossi will always have a special spot in my heart because she was the first fight on UC 261 in front of a sold-out crowd in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. That was such a beautiful moment. Nearly brought a tear to my eye when you heard the audience going crazy over na liang versus um carnalosi that was a really good fight uh both both girls fought their heart out and they were clearly affected by the by the crowd's energy and they just fought a crazy fight carnalosi eventually got the second round TKO. uh that was very impressive um and her only other UFC fight besides that was a competitive striking match with Angela hill which ended with uh with a cut stoppage in the third round so uh, she hung in there with Angela Hill. That lets you know what level Carnelosi's on. And Estella Nunez on the other hand, I don't think she can hang with Angela Hill. I think uh, in terms of striking, both women are definitely uh, on different levels. I think Carnelosi has a power edge in this fight. I think she has a physicality edge in this fight. Uh, and also, Estella Nunez is not much of a grappler either. I think this is a really good matchup for Carnelosi uh, to to pick her apart here and possibly get a stoppage here because my goodness, she's so powerful. And also Nunes is one of these fighters that got signed and before they even fought, they got popped by USADA. So who knows what version of Nunes we're going to see in there. Um, carnalosi would probably be the one you think we got popped by USADA. She's got an amazing physique. I think uh, this is a really good uh, showcase for Lossi, um and she's going to get more, more momentum after such a great, win over Nalianga back in April.
0: Yeah, 100%, uh, I agree with you. If you look at um, Nunes as, a, as you mentioned, record, uh, this is a, as a debut, uh, as you mentioned, she, she got popped by Usada before she even fought, and her last fight was in one championship in 2018. That's a big, long layoff. Uh, how is she gonna deal with that? And uh, it be interesting to see, uh, she has fought for, for, for the championship in one. In one. Uh, she fought against um, Angela, Angela Lee, uh, she lost versus so anaconda choke. Uh, but you know, she's, she's, so she's been there in, in the big fights uh, in different promotions, but as you mentioned, Carol is, uh, you know, she, she, she hits hard and, uh, I think she's going to crack it early.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lucey, uh, has a super aggressive style. And as we mentioned before with, uh, with, uh, female fighters that are super aggressive, uh, and that are well-rounded. Uh, I think that they can get very far because, uh, really stands out especially when you got the power like Carnalosi.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that you know her last fight was almost was 4 years ago. No, yeah. 3
1: 3 years ago. Can I count four? Yeah. W- whatever, regardless of that, uh Nunes <laughs> she's actually fairly young. We could see a completely different fighter in there. Who knows. But uh we've seen enough from Carnalosi to know that she probably should win this fight
0: hundred percent. if you look at Nunes's record other than Angela Lee um Gina in inyong and uh Me Yamaguchi it's she's she's not fought as uh, the best of competition uh we, we're talking like of so three and 0-0, and oh oh and two one and one one and two and 0 and oh outside uh the one championship
1: yeah if you take a look at her record she's actually really inexperienced I think uh Karin Lossi has more uh U- UFC experience uh, also more experience overall I think this is a good matchup for Carnalosi to uh, to look really good with her, with her power both in the in the grappling and on the feet.
0: Yeah, Carnalosi's loss is uh, uh, to a young, I mean Amanda Rivas and as you mentioned, Angela Hill. So yeah, uh, I think I think think she gets this one done against Nunes.
1: Yeah, and Angela Hill fight uh, that was uh, actually by a cut, so she didn't even get finished. I think uh, Carnalosi is the much better fighter here, and that about wraps it up for our preview of UFC Vegas 40 this Saturday and uh when you look at this card it's not bad at all re- really not that bad at all it's kind of the main event that soured people on it of course if you don't know the names of course you're not, you're not going to be much of a fan of the card but in my opinion it's a really pretty good card besides the main event and uh after that what what do we have look to look forward to we have Marvin Vitori against Paulo Costa so I cannot wait to talk about that one next week but that's next week and that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, what else do you have to say, Lenny?
0: Or, or or does it? Or or is there one thing that we should probably quickly talk about?
1: The booking of Edwards, Masfadal. Uh, what what else do you want to talk about? Are you ready? Yeah. What is it? What is it? What is it?
0: Oh, is yes. it, it going to come
1: up? What's coming? Oh. Oh, you want to talk Fury Wilder three? Cause that yes. fight was unbelievable. Of course we're called the marching self on the May show. But, uh, if you were a fight fan, you were glued to the TV, uh, last Saturday watching a straight up war, a war that featured five knockdowns between two of the, the toughest guys in the history of the heavyweight division. Um, Tyson Fury kind of did what I thought he would out there. I thought I didn't think he would be uh suffering a 10 7 round, but uh Tyson Fury proved that he was super durable and had more volume and also he simply had better cardio, more skill, and on his back foot, Wilder just is not that effective. He was unable to bully Fury, and uh Fury took advantage of that, and he became the bully and my goodness, they, they should have thrown in the towel there. But of course, Wilder had made it very clear you wanted to go out on the shield. Uh, that was a tr- terrible beating later on in the fight. But my goodness, this was unbelievable. Like the best heavyweight title fight in years, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Let's give some credit to Wilder. Oh my god, the the, the heart and you know the determination this guy. Uh, we can't discredit. You know, he really went out there. You know, he gave it his all. And uh, if you look at him in the early stages of the third fight and the early stages of the second fight, massive, massive improvement. I, I've got I've got to say, he came out and in that first round, he was jabbing to the body. I was like, oh my God, what, what's going on? This is crazy. This, yeah. is, this is different. I, I'm not, I, I Am I actually watching a wilder fight? Like he's jabbing to the body. It was just, it was just different, but he, he, Fury just sapped his energy. That, that's what happened. And, uh, as as as, he's, as we've all seen in that later stages of the rounds, uh, Fury just took over and put an absolute beating on him. And uh, in that fourth round, I, I could I could I was thinking it could have been it. I, honestly, I, I was thinking Fury might not be able to get up. Uh, I, I think the second knockdown really really um, worried me for Fury because he, he just looked confused when he was sat on the sat on the sat on the floor. He looked I, I he just looked dazed a little bit in the. Maybe thinking, you know, you know, Fury's, you know, you know Wilder's, you know, he's really improved, and but I don't know, but yeah, Fury also has a bigger heart, and he just got up, and I, I, I don't know what to say. But it's just, it was just an incredible fight, uh, very, very good fight. And uh, I was up at five a.m. screaming my head off. Uh, it, it was phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and then in that eleventh round, Fury just comes out and just puts him puts him out cold and that's the that's the that's the um the result fury wanted he wanted hit to put him out cold to end it and say you i've knocked you out i'm the better man and uh coincidentally that was also what wilder wanted he wanted to get knocked out or knock him out
1: yeah uh also fury came in at 277 pounds the heavyweight the heaviest he's uh come in at and that was the right move because he was able to uh Take advantage of that in the clinch. He just wore on uh on on a Wilder and slowed him down significantly. And also once once Wilder got rocked, he forgot all about the body shots. He forgot about all the new things he learned with his new trainer. He went back to the old guy, just looking for that big shot. And he actually broke his right hand, his main weapon. And once he wasn't able to use that, he was basically a punching bag for Fury and uh and Fury got the 11th round KO in epic fashion. That that, that was a prolonged beating uh, a terrible beating uh but we learned a lot about Wilder. Ah uh, some people were questioning his heart, you know, he kind of played a bully the whole his whole career um and he got steamrolled in the second fight but in this fight he really made a good account of himself. Uh getting a 10-7 round against the current champion, that's that's no joke, man. All those knockdowns uh this was just a crazy war, and just like you all screaming at the TV the whole fight, I lost my voice at the end of it. That's uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, very awesome stuff, and I believe that Fury versus Usyk, that's the right fight to make, assuming Usyk gets past Anthony Joshua in that rematch. Yes,
0: yeah, so as you mentioned there, we learned a lot about Fury, but what did, what we learned most is Fury is the best heavyweight that we have in the world right now. No, yeah. no one beats him. Uh, Anthony Joshua, after seeing what Usyk did to Joshua, I'm it, it, it sets my mind right that I know that Fury would have battered Anthony Joshua. And uh, I, I think I like Anthony Joshua more than Fury, but yeah, Fury would have just steamrolled him.
1: Yeah, I, I personally would pick Wilder against Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, uh. I don't know, man. It it doesn't look like uh, he gets up for certain fights. It looks like he he he's not super motivated for certain fights, and we we've seen uh, his chin let him down at times as well. So I think Wilder would crack that chin, but uh, that's another conversation for another time. Hopefully, uh boxing gets his stuff together and gets these good fights booked instead of a instead of a who knows what. You know that they love they love build up fights for the super fights. I hope we don't see much of that. I know the Saudi Arabian government is foaming at the mouth for Fury versus uh versus Joshua in there someday, and that's very likely. But until then, uh, that's uh that's all we got to say about that.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see Fury take on Usyk, or uh, well, basically Usyk, and uh, I'd like to see Wilder take on Andy Ruiz Jr. I think uh, that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, it would be a phenomenal fight. But anyway, as I mentioned, that's another talk for another time. And uh, this is the end of the show. It's been one hour and 15 minutes long talk. And it was uh, phenomenal to catch back up again and talk about some fights. I thoroughly enjoyed this show. Thank you very much, Oscar, for joining me.
1: All right. Uh, it was really good talking to you guys. And for this Saturday, make sure to enjoy the fights.
0: Yeah, the, the ones that I, the cards that I slept on are always the best cards. So make sure you tune in.